You're listening to Emmanuel Christian Center's podcast. Join us as we jump into our series, Keeping It 100, Ancient Wisdom from 1 Corinthians. Whether it be polarization, division, arrogance, sexuality, personal freedoms, or the truth of eternity, the Apostle Paul didn't shy away from difficult topics. Join us as we keep it real and learn how to live authentically in the modern world with age-old problems. If you had the answers to these questions, how different would your world be? We're excited to see what God is going to do in your story. Get ready. God is on the move. Well, good morning. Good morning. How's everyone doing this Sunday morning? Doing well? Doing well? There it is. Happy pumpkin spice latte season. It is officially among us, or for the apple cinnamon people in, in the audience. Uh, we want to welcome our Lakeville fam, our Maple Grove, Elk River, and those of you joining online, welcome. Uh, we are excited that you are tuning in as well. Spring Lake Park family as well, excited to have uh, you guys in the room. I mean, that's kind of a big deal, you know? That's a big deal. We don't take those things for granted. For those uh, that I have not had a chance to meet yet, my name is Phil Johnson. I have the honor of serving as a lead youth pastor here at Emmanuel Youth and also supporting some of our next-gen teams and uh, community partnerships initiatives. My wife and I, we've been here going on 10 years. They still haven't kicked us out, right? Like, we're... To God be the glory, grace is real, mercy is real, love is real, right? Um, and so we are, I mean, it's, the, it's, it's his home for us. And as Pastor Nathan shared and Andy uh, uh, here at Spring Lake Park shared, it is just uh, with Pastor Appreciation Month, we cannot be more grateful for Pastor Nate and uh, Pastor Jody. Um, we've known them for over 15 years, and it's, they, they are as real as they come. For those of you that sometimes people can come from different church settings and different backgrounds, but it is an honor to be able to share that from uh, just knowing Pastor Nate and Jody as long as we have. I know there's others that have known them longer. They are as real as they come. They're, we could talk, the series could be about how they keep it 100 as well. And so um, I know they're not here today, but just wanted uh, to let our, our Emmanuel family know we are blessed uh, under the leadership of Pastor Nate and Jody. So when you see them, when you see them, make sure that uh, you just give them a big fist bump or a side hug or something like that. I don't know how Pastor Nate would do with a regular hug, so make sure it's a side hug, right? Um, we have been in a series called Keeping It 100. Say, Keeping It 100. You will tell them a youth pastor, there's a lot of repeating back and forth. I usually do this to make sure students are awake on a Wednesday night or something like that. So I know adults, we're all awake. Everybody at home, they already got their coffee. We don't have to worry about that, right? And so we've been in a series looking at the book of 1 Corinthians. Now, this title, Keeping It 100, if you've gone through the letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth, there's a lot there. Like, if you're reading it, it's hard to not keep it 100. Like, there's topics there that we're like, you know what, I'm just going to maybe save that chapter for another day, right? Like they, I mean, we, but it's, it's forcing us to have these different conversations, but it's amazing to see how the Apostle Paul is always leading us back to Jesus in these letters, and in these last several weeks, I'd encourage you, if you've not had a chance to listen in to some of the messages from Pastor Nate, we'd encourage you to go back and watch those here this week. And so for those of you that might be newer to an Emmanuel setting, what can you expect uh, from a morning like this and a message like this? Well, over the next 25 plus minutes, one of the things you can expect is you're going to find out we love Jesus here. 
We really love Jesus. We believe God is who he says he is, that he is good, he is gracious, he is almighty. We believe in the word of God, and we desire everybody to know God. We want people to have firsthand experiences where it's not just regurgitated back and forth, but there's a level of experiencing God in a personal, firsthand way, learning how to grow in faith and growing in faith together, and we want everybody to discover this beautiful, wonderful plan and purpose God has for each and every one of us. And so you're gonna catch a little bit of, of that here today. I'm going to say a little prayer as we uh, get ready to kick off this message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity just to be alive another day, Lord God. We just are grateful for all of our family members at all our different locations, Lord God, and joining online and watching back later on. God, we just pray that, Lord, uh, your anointing would be upon them this week, God. Your blessing would go with them, Lord God, that your favor would be upon them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. All right, I'm going to, uh, just a little forewarning, I got a little story here. Now, it might be a little bit of a trigger story for those of you. Some of you might have had a situation like this this morning, so i like to just acknowledge that right now if there's any tension with you and your roommates or spouses or friends or siblings that came in the room. Now, there's, there's a situation that can, that can come up in a household or apartment, and one of the people that maybe might be in that home, they walk in, and there's a certain motion that they make that in this motion, you, you kind of have an inkling of what's going on in their life. And they walk in through a door or something like that, and they're... Some of you are, ah, some of you are like, oh... And you're like, oh, is that a, that's a cool beat. What are you doing? And some of you are like, I'm going to see if they ask this. I'm going to see if they're, they ask me. And the people that are full of pride, you know, that's nobody in this room. Maybe it's just me. I've, you're like, I'm not going to ask the question. And then finally it comes out. Have you seen my keys? And some of you are like, oh, too soon, too soon. And, and you go around, you're going like, I, or I just, they were just here, right? Like, they were always just there. Like, whenever we tell the story back to ourselves, look, they were just there. And it might be your keys, it might be a wallet, it might be your cell phone. But there are these moments, like, almost like if we hit our pocket like three times, it's going to appear, right? I don't know why we keep doing that. And then the person that loves us so much usually asks this question. And, and it can garner one of many different responses. Where was the last place you left it? Uh, I see some eye rolling here at Spring Lake Park. I can imagine the other locations. Just kind of like, I'm watching people like moving farther away from, their, uh, from the person who's sitting next to you, right? And you can kind of tell though if there's, some, if there's some angst or anger between the people because they won't even, they'll skip that question and they'll make a statement off the bat. They're like, you always are losing your keys. Right? And you're like, ooh, like, we got an XO conference coming up here in about a month, so like, maybe y'all need to sign up for that, right? And like, it's funny, like, we literally have businesses that make money off the reality that we lose stuff. Like, there is like, there is a whole like business sector that's like, we know humanity's gonna lose their wallet, they're gonna lose their keys, or let's make products and charge them to buy these products so they don't forget them or don't lose them. Like, people literally make money off of us losing stuff and forgetting our phone and wallet and keys. And it's, and these are just basic things, right? Like, like the big three that before we walk out of a house, we try to make sure we have. And it's interesting because you can kind of almost see this in our own faith journey, right? It's one thing to know what's important. It's one thing to know of what you're supposed to do, but it's a whole other to begin to apply it. It's a whole other thing to really remember 
to bring it with you or remember to apply it in how we talk to one another and how we act towards one another. It's one thing to know it, but it's another thing to apply it. And so today, our, if, if you doze off or wind up checking your fancy football lineups, this is, I'm just going to get the main point out, of here, uh, out the gate, all right? It's to keep it 100, you have to keep the main things the main things. To keep it 100, not halfway, not three quarters, to keep it 100, you got to keep the main things, the main things. Now, in our text today, we're going to be looking in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and chapter 16, and the Apostle Paul kind of shares these like final reminders. If you look at the first 14 chapters, there's been a lot of content that the Apostle Paul has been walking through and unpacking with the church in Corinth, and so the last couple chapters are almost like these main things, or these reminders that before you go, before you like begin to really live this out, remember these things, and these are still relevant today, and, I, and one of the many reasons I love the Bible is it's not just some historical artifact that we can look back on and what was and stories of what were, but we can find that there's applications for today. There's relevancy in what uh, the word of God has for us. And we find this in what Paul is sharing here in 1 Corinthians 15 and 16. And so we're gonna hop right in to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and we're gonna look at uh, several verses. For those of you that are looking at your neighbor like, is he really about to read like two full chapters from the Bible? No, we're going to skip around. Don't worry, don't worry. Like, you came to the right place. We're going to be all right. Don't worry, don't worry. Look to your neighbor and say, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4 is where we're going to start off. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church. He goes, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news that I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is the good news that saves you, if you continue to believe the message that I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place, I passed on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me, and that Christ died for our sins, just as Scripture said. He was buried and raised from the dead, and on the third day, just as Scripture had spoken. And so we see here, it brings us to our first reminder to the church in Corinth, but also for us here today. Do not forget. He says, remember the price that was paid. Remember the price that was paid. Now, as a parent, I have a, an eight and a five-year-old at home, my wife and I do, and I, I don't know for the young parents in the room if you were at that stage or where you're like, I'm not gonna say what my parents said to me. Like, there's these one-liners that parents had. You're like, I'm never... I'll never, and recently I have found myself like, it's like I start to have like developed like a parental twitch when I feel the saying coming up, and so like I'll watch my sons like going around and they'll take something that's, you know, their thinking is like $2, and it's not $2, but they're treating it like it's $2 if you know what I'm talking about, and the saying is like on the tip of my tongue and I just want to go, do you know how much that costs? And mind you, my five-year-old's looking at me, he thinks $100 can buy a castle. So he's like, dude, but do you know how much fun this is right now, right? So there's this like theology back and forth in this moment uh, because I know how much it costs and he was maybe unaware at the time of how much that costs. And the Apostle Paul is reminding the church in Corinth 
this message, the price that was paid, because where they are at, if you begin to unpack some of the history in Corinth, like there are some obstacles. There are some questions of, is this worth it? Is this worth our time? Is this worth our energy? Is this worth the stress and the drama that we are facing? And Paul is reminding them of who has already gone before them and the price that was paid. He's reminding them of the price that Jesus paid on the cross. And he's sharing in this moment, he's like, hey, it happened, okay? Whether or not you got some haters in the community that are trying to say it's fake news or trying to bring it, it happened, that sin separated us from God. Jesus, the Son of God, had to come down to put on the skin of humanity to pay this price. It happened. And it had to happen. Because as humanity, we see that sin separated us from God. That sin created this gap and this chasm between humanity and God that no matter how amount of startup companies you had that gave X amount of dollars to X amount of nonprofits or how many good deeds you did, that it could never mend the gap between us and God that sin creates. And that Paul saw this and, and, and is reminding them of this and saying, it happened. Jesus came and died for us. It had to happen because of the sin of humanity. And it had, if it had not happened, and that's a scary thought to begin to, to dwell on, if it had not happened, if Jesus had not come to pay the price. And Paul is reminding him that there was a price that was paid. It happened. It had to happen. Because had it not happened, you see in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 15, Paul writes, he being Jesus died for everyone so that those who receive this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. I love how in this verse it says, he died for everyone. I think it's so easy subconsciously to begin to almost like excommunicate people that we think Jesus would have, have died for and not died for. Like that, that family member that you kind of hope doesn't come to Thanksgiving in November, Jesus died for them. <laughs> that friend that you've subtly kind of removed from group chats, Jesus died for them. The friend that you've been judging because they haven't gone from Android to iPhone, like Jesus died for them as well, okay? The friend that hasn't switched from email to like just text message, like Jesus died for them as well. But also like those that vote differently than you, Jesus died for them as well. The friend that all of a sudden has changed their tone on social media, Jesus died for them as well. And this everyone, there's something about that, that Jesus died for everyone. And it was this reminder of the price that was paid for everyone. And he was encouraging the church to just like remember this price because it happened. It had to happen because had it not happened, we'd all be stuck with a bill that we wouldn't be able to pay. We'd all be stuck holding, trying to figure out how to go about this life on our own. And I don't know how many of you have gotten to that spot where you realize, I can't do this on my own. <laughs> And so Paul's just reminding, remember, remember the price that was paid. You see, Jesus gave 100. So when we talk about keeping it 100, you look at what Jesus did on the cross. He kept it 100. And he gave 100. Remember the price that was paid. Paul continues in verse 12 in chapter 15. 
And this one's uh, several verses, so stick with me here. And Paul writes, but tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying that there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless. And your faith is useless. That's some pretty strong wordage and some verbiage coming from Paul. It's saying, hey, it's all. It's an absolute. That all the preaching, all your faith, it's useless if there's no resurrection. Verse 15, and we apostles would be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Jesus from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. And so you see... Just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another. See, the second reminder Jesus was giving them, remember the resurrection. Remember the resurrection. Remember, there is an empty tomb. There is no body in there. The only bodies that are in there are people trying to find the body that was in there at that point. He's saying, remember the resurrection. And I love this because there's so many implications of an empty tomb and what that means to a faith journey and where you find yourself at. The first thing we see, it, it, it reminds us when we remember the resurrection, it, it shares that your story matters. Your story matters. Why, you might ask? Because your story is not this sum and end mark of your worst failures, of your worst mistakes. The resurrection reminds us that there is hope. And where does that hope come from? It comes from an empty grave. That where you're at is not where you need to stay. That there is hope for something greater. It's saying that uh, your story matters. It's saying that your faith matters. That this God that we believe in, this Jesus that we believe in, that this faith that you possess, it matters. It matters a whole lot. We see in Romans chapter 8 verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. We see that there's an access now that on our faith journey. It was like Red Bull for your faith when Jesus got out of the grave. Because at this point, you're looking at it through the lens, and we were looking at it through the lens of works. What can I do? What is it that I can accomplish? And that we see within an empty grave and an empty tomb that all of a sudden it's the same Spirit that raised Christ. From the dead, we now have access to, as believers, as followers of Jesus. And so your faith matters, and then it also highlights eternity matters. I don't know the last time you stopped to, like, to think through what's after this life. My kids remind me of that with the questions that they ask on the regular. <laughs> they have some really crazy ones. Uh, Dad, who's taller, God or Jesus? <laughs> well, bud, like, just, you know what? I, I, go ask Pastor Nathan Grahams. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like uh, you know, go to Alpha, right? I, I think they talk about it there. 
But it highlights that an empty tomb, an empty grave, it reminds us that eternity matters. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 reads this. Therefore, we do not lose heart, that though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and our momentary troubles... That can be convicting to some of us that love drama, that love to keep, uh, like stay in a bad mood or stay in our trials because we almost become identified by it. It almost feels safer to stay stuck than it is to find healing and hope. But what we see is Paul saying, your momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You see, Paul is so passionate about this because he is realizing that all of this that we are experiencing here on earth, all of the external, that's why he leads off with this, that um, outwardly we are wasting away, but he is so passionate about explaining this to the church in Corinth because it is so central to our beliefs, our faith journey. And we see that we can hold on to the promise of eternity because of the resurrection. So Paul is saying, remember the resurrection. Remember the price that was paid and remember the resurrection. The last thing that he shares, I'm going to invite the keys up because in church world, this is a reminder that we're almost done. <laughs> Some of uh, the visitors are like, okay, duly noted. That's the note right there. Chapter 15, verse 54 through 58. Paul writes this. He goes, Then our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die. This scripture will be fulfilled. The prophecy from the Old Testament. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting. For sin is the sting, or sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not through your works, not through your church attendance, not through your good deeds, but through Christ our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing, everybody say nothing. Nothing, nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. So the last re reminder Paul gives here. Remember the victory that was won. Remember the victory that was won. Now all of us have maybe a friend that kind of like, you know, they carry around that one win, whether it was like a, a card game at home, or whether it was like a board game, and they always remind you that one time they beat you. I know I heard of a, a previous staff pastor here that used to write down the scores of the games inside the game box. And would remind, and like, he wrote his name in a Sharpie, and everybody else's name was like in pencil. I'm like, I'm gonna take that. <laughs> But I know some of the young adults in the room, uh, they can relate. There's those um, individuals that still have their Letterman jacket, like sophomore year of college. From that one game, that one victory. 
But moments like that can be very important. Um, in our home, we like to call them Ebenezer moments. Ebenezer in, in, the, in the Bible, it speaks of God has not brought us this far to leave us. There's something powerful remembering what, where God has brought you. There's something powerful going back and seeing stories of God at work in your life, in your family's life, in your friend's life. It's powerful going back and looking at prayers answered years later in ways that you could have never imagined. You see, Paul's saying, remember the victory that was won. It's this mile marker moment on the faith journey because how many of you know life gets hard? Life is hard. And it feels like it's almost gotten harder over the last couple of years. And Paul's saying, remember, you don't got to fight on your own. The victory's already been won. You see, as believers, our hope Our security is found in the work of Christ, not in the work that we've accomplished. Like I said in the beginning, it's one thing to know that. But when you look at our work schedules, our attitudes when we come home after a day where we didn't get anything done that we wanted, and we felt like we accomplished nothing. On the days where you're just you're staying up to the wee hours of the night thinking that if I just get this one project done, maybe my boss will notice me. If I just come through it, and it becomes this works mentality. But as believers, our hope and security is found in the work of Christ and the victory that has already been won. Sin gives death to all its hurtful power and the sting of death is sin. But Christ dying took this sting out of death. There's a, uh, a phrase that um, several pastors have used before that I think is appropriate for a moment like this. And it's a good reminder for us here that you're not fighting for victory. You're not fighting for it. We're fighting from it. That when you go into face the battles, you're not striving and wrestling and fighting for victory. As believers, we're fighting from victory. From the victory that's already been won from a price that's already been paid, a tomb that's already been laid bare. You're fighting from victory. As we get ready to close here today with this main thing, if we're gonna keep it 100, you gotta keep the main things the main things. That in the same moments that, like like you're trying to find your keys, you're trying to find your wallet, your phone, with our faith, you remember the price that was paid the resurrection that occurred, and the victory that's already been won. Now, Paul, as he shares these reminders, he he gives them their final action step in chapter 16. And I love how beautiful the scripture sets this up. In chapter 16, verse 13 through 14, Paul writes this. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong and do everything in love. Be on guard, stand firm, be courageous, be strong, and do everything in love. You see, he was reminding them of all of this that Jesus had done. The price paid, the empty tomb, the victory won, because he knew that there's a very real enemy that's coming after them. 
So what he's saying, be on guard. Because when you step into that workplace, when you step into that prayer room, praying over your students, praying over for your children, praying over for your neighbors, praying over your unsafe friends, you gotta be on guard. Because spiritual warfare, it's a real thing. But he's saying, remember what Jesus has already done. Remember so you can be on guard. Stand firm in the faith when doubt begins to creep in, when fear begins to creep in. You are able to stand firm because you go, I remember Jesus hung on that cross for me. That there's an empty tomb and there's a victory won so I can stand firm, drawing from what Jesus has already done. When you're saying be courageous, when you don't feel like you have all the answers, you can go back to the person who already has all of them. You can be courageous, you can be bold, and you can act in love, you can treat everyone in love. How? Because Jesus, in John chapter 13, he looks at his disciples and he flips the script that where people were operating on, treat others as you want to be treated, Jesus goes, no, love others as I have loved you. So what Paul is saying this, he's saying, remember what Jesus did. That is spoken of in Romans 8, even at our worst, Jesus gave his best. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So what's our action step this week? It's not a we, but it's going to be a you thing. It's going to be a me thing. What I would ask you to do this week is to begin to go take some time and sit back and go, Jesus, how have you changed my life? And if you haven't written it down, begin to write out, when was that moment that you look back in your faith journey that Jesus changed everything? What does the death of Christ mean for you in your own personal story? Parents, we gotta get better at talking to our kids about our own faith journey. I think of the story of Joshua. And it said when Joshua departed and a generation had passed, that they had forgotten all the generation following knew nothing of the works of God. And they had fallen away. Can we not look to all these other things and, and play the blame game? Can we, can we just start in our home and say, my kid is going to know what God's done in this family. My kid's going to know what God's brought us from. And taking the moment to have that faith conversation. So the action step in going home this week, Single adult, family, roommates, sit down. What is my God's story? What are some of those victories, God, that I can look back on that maybe I've forgotten how you've shown up in my life? And allow the Holy Spirit to begin to stir up those moments and remind you of what Jesus has done for you. To allow yourself to think and remember what God has done for you. And I, I think this will set us up here in the uh, coming weeks. Uh, in a few weeks, we're gonna be starting a new series called Missio Dei, the mission of God. And what better way to launch into that of having an understanding of what God's done for us. Because what I have found within humanity, we operate best out of an overflow, right? Whether we realize or not, like we are constantly, we are giving that which we are ingesting. Like whatever we allow to inform us, we, we see that, that that's forming ourselves, that's forming our thinking but to take that step back and go, God, what have you done in my life? Jesus, what have you done in my life? Because I think this would bring us back to a place of, of humility 
of understanding grace that was shown to us, mercy that was given, so we can best serve those around us and love those around us. So um, in this moment, I'm gonna disconnect it and send it back to our locations to take it with the next steps here in a moment. And for this, in this room, I'm gonna have everyone stand up. You're very close. During worship, I, I just found myself just crying, thinking about what Jesus has done for me. For those of you that have, have used that excuse, well, I grew up in a Christian home, I wasn't really wrestling with stuff. No, you have a story. Don't let the devil lie to you. You have a story. What we're going to do here in this moment, I love that this is the heartbeat from our, from our lead pastor in our churches. Every Sunday, we love to give the opportunity for people to make this decision to begin the greatest journey of their life, and that is following Jesus. And what we'd ask, just out of respect for those that might be a little bit more nervous making this decision, we ask everyone to just close their eyes, open their hearts. And that's you here today. And you know, you know that God's calling you home. God's calling you to follow him. Jesus did not die publicly so that we could follow him privately. That is not a guilt statement. That is just a re reminder of the price that Jesus has paid for us. And if that is you here today and you're saying, Pastor, I'm ready. I'm ready to follow Jesus. If you would be so bold and so brave, on the count of three, I'm just going to have you raise your hands. One, two, three. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, if everyone would, we're just going to pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are the Son of God who came to this earth, died a sinner's death, but rose again three days later. Jesus, Make me new. Make me like you. Forgive me of my sins. I'm not going back. I'm moving forward with everything you have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, we had seven hands go up this morning. Come on. That's cause to celebrate. Let's go. What we love to do in this moment, as we get ready to close in song, this is an opportunity for us to, to operate in an expression of our faith, to sing and declare that he is risen. So if you feel comfortable with me right now, I would just ask you to extend your hands right now. This is a sign of surrender. God, right now, Lord, we just come to you. We say thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. We say thank you for the price that was paid by your blood on the cross, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that you did not stay in that tomb, but you rose again. And Lord, Lord God, we say thank you for the victory that was won. And Jesus, we pray that this morning, over the next few moments, God, as we sing this song to you, Lord God, may it be a reminder, Lord Jesus, of all that you've done, Lord God. And may our faith, God, be multiplied in this moment, God, as you begin to work through those the acts, the, the, the rust of us.
us going through the motions, Lord Jesus, but may we be just begin to experience you in a fresh and new way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.